Do you have hopes that your children and grandchildren will have fond memories of the holidays like Easter and Christmas? Do you want to create traditions that they will remember and want to create themselves for their children? Caroline Bowen is here today to tell us how she has done just that with her family. Keep listening to learn how to cement those traditions and memories in your own home. Hello, and welcome to the 66th episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast, where I break down the art of entertaining at home into simple steps, taking even the most frazzled hostess to a confident and happy hostess. I'm your host, Christy Lalonde, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Caroline Bowen of Sweet Khaki's Pies. She is one of the warmest, loving persons that I know. And I know she is going to inspire you today with how she has created traditions that her family loves and associates with home still to this day. Caroline, I am so excited that you're here today. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I am tickled to to be on your podcast. It's an honor. So thank you. Oh, you are most welcome. Well, why don't we start with you can just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got started. Sure. So I'm Caroline Bowen. I am originally from a small town, Darlington, South Carolina. It's where I was born and raised. My parents are still there. But um, shortly after graduating from college, I moved to Georgia. And I currently live in Noonan, Georgia with my family. I have a husband and two children. And um, I have my own small business. I make homemade pies and started out selling pies off my front porch. And soon my business grew where I had to move into a commercial share kitchen. And then a couple summers ago, I built my own commercial kitchen. And now I bake all day long in my own commercial kitchen, and I sell my pies to retailers. So currently, I am in six states and have about 55 retailers carrying my pies, and it is just so much fun and so exciting. That is so fun and exciting. How long has this process been? Like, when did you officially start on your porch? So it's been four years. The porch selling went on for about a year. And that was just crazy, you know, making (laughs) pies out of your home. And when you have, you know, children and a husband and you, they can't go in your kitchen because you're baking pies. So that went on for about a year. And then I was fortunate enough to move into a commercial share kitchen in Noonan. There's just one in my hometown where I live. And I was there for about a year. And then once you start selling to businesses, retailers, and, you know, branching out, to different states, it's hard to be in a share kitchen where you share everything with with other you know, businesses. So right. one day as I was driving home down our driveway, I just stopped in my tracks and looked at my husband's bright red barn that was right in front of me. I have to pass by his barn when I go to park the car in our garage. And I thought, oh my goodness, that needs to be my kitchen. So I did what any smart Southern girl would do. And I kicked him right out of his barn (laughs) and we converted it into a commercial kitchen. 
And so bless my husband's heart. He does not have a barn anymore. All of his belongings are still sitting out in big, ugly storage units in our yard because we need to build him a barn. But his barn is now my commercial kitchen. And so I've been in there. I built it two summers ago. So I'm in my fourth year and it's just been the most fun, the biggest learning curves, but the most joy. I have ever in my life had working. I mean, it's just, it's something new every day. I meet the neatest people. And I think the the best part of my job is working with the really special retailers that I have and knowing that my pies are served on so many tables with family gatherings, you know, holiday events, entertaining guests, and it's just a big honor. So I feel like I am one of the luckiest girls ever. Well, that is so inspiring to everyone. I hope that they all know that there is something out there for them to make money that brings as much joy as that does to you. Yes, there is. There there truly is. You just have to have the nerve and the guts to finally do it. And that's kind of what I did. I wanted to do it forever. And it took a big health scare to make me finally go for it. And once I did, I just, I never looked back. So yeah, everyone can do it. It just, it just takes some, some guts. Now, what do you think first drew you to baking, your interest in baking and entertaining? Well, my mother well, my mama, I say mama, not mother. My mama is like the best cook in the whole wide world. And so were both of my grandmothers. So I grew up always having good food. Now, they weren't fancy cooks and they didn't entertain and have all these huge elaborate parties. Their kind of entertaining is really kind of the way I, I am now. It's with family and holidays and special friends. But I grew up, you know, eating off of their tables and loving everything they cooked and baked, but I hated it. I didn't want anything to do with with preparing it. And it used to just make my mama so sad because she loved the kitchen so much and I hated it. All I wanted to do was I, I would set the table. That was always my job to help, you know, get the table fixed. But I didn't want to cook. I like to eat everything they would make, but I wouldn't want to cook. And It took until really after college and after I met my husband and we married before I started really enjoying cooking. My mama gave me a handwritten cookbook when I got married. It was a wedding gift. And it had all of our family recipes that we would eat around our little oak table in our house where our brothers and I and my mom and daddy would all share meals there, you know, every day. And it had all of those really special recipes in it. And um, that's really what got me going with cooking. I started practicing doing a little little bit of different recipes out of her cookbook. And I started enjoying baking that way. The apple pie, which is my the, the pie that I started my business with, was in that recipe book. And it was um, my grandmama's recipe. And then my mama had it and she changed it a little bit. So in my cookbook, she'd have the way my, my grandmama would make it and the way she would make it. And then, of course, I changed it up a little bit too. But it took me years to get that recipe right. It was really hard to make a homemade pie. And um, once I got it right and I started 
serving it to my family and you'd see the light in their eyes, how they would take that first bite and say, mm, your mama, this is good. Or, oh, I <laughs> love this. It made your heart just so happy to see someone enjoy something that you, you, you prepared. And oh, so um, that's really how it started. And then I would start just making them and, and giving them to friends and teachers and coworkers and, that's that's how I started. Well, what a precious gift your mom gave you with that cookbook. Just to be able to see Truly. how your grandmother did it and then how she did it. And then now you have your own touches. So that is such yes. a wonderful gift. Truly yeah. is. It's, it's the best gift ever. Yes. Now, you told us a little bit how your family entertained growing up. Um, what about the holidays? What were they like? So my mama always made a really big deal with every single holiday. And in turn, that's kind of what I do. And again, she was not a fancy entertainer. She was what I called a really smart and good entertainer because she would plan ahead and have things prepared that we could eat and enjoy and love, but she could also enjoy time with us. So, for example, Christmas, we're, um, our family's always been very traditional, whereas we have kind of like the same special meal every Christmas and we just look forward to it. And growing up at our house, mama would have a big pot of vegetable beef soup. And that's what we had, you know, Christmas Eve supper. It was vegetable beef soup. And we served it over white rice and cornbread. That was our meal. And believe it or not, we could not wait to eat that soup every Christmas Eve night. So when I got married and started having children, I wanted to to bring that to my family. So what we do at our house Christmas Eve is my children love like appetizers. And so they each have, you know, certain things they, they like the best. For example, my son, he loves cheeses and all kinds of cheese boards. And so I would, I'll do all kinds of cheese boards with all these neat different kinds of cheeses for him. And then my daughter loves fruit. So we do this huge fruit tray with every kind of fruit you can imagine. And, you know, my husband has his favorites and I have my favorites. So all day long, we just eat snacky stuff, just appetizers all day Christmas Eve. And then Christmas night, after we come home from church, we have that big pot of um, vegetable beef soup. And um, just like I had when my mama had it. And so I love to make it because it's, family tradition. You know, it's cozy, it's warm, it's welcoming. And that's just what my family knows is Christmas is all about is having that big pot of um, vegetable soup. It's like a, I like to say it's like a big gift in a stock pot. And when I make it, I always make two huge stock pots because I want enough to have through the holiday for all of my family. And then, of course, you know, us Southern people, we like to have things in the freezer. So I stock up my freezer with vegetable soup, but then I'll have a whole stock pot that I give away. I take to close you know, friends and um, give them soup. And so that makes me happy to share my soup tradition with other people. And that's kind of like 
that's our Christmas tradition is the vegetable soup on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning, we have, you know, the same things, the the grits casserole, the sausage and cheese muffins. It's just certain things that we all love. And Christmas time is the time that you you eat it. And then as far as decorating the, the house and setting the table, you know, I love to put the pretty china on the table and my mama did too and loved to make flower arrangements and have them all throughout the house but decorating is more children-like I guess for me and it was the same way with my mama yeah every holiday you have something for example I have a closet full of you know cute little hearts that children would like for Valentine's Day so you can open different closets and it'll have a closet full of hearts scarecrows, pilgrims, Santa Claus, snowman. And it's just, it's fun. I would do every, decorate every single room in the house when the children were young, but now that they're getting older, I don't think they love it as much. There's certain little things that I have to get out that I know they love, like a favorite snowman that my daughter loves or a Santa Claus that my son loves or a bunny that they they think that needs to be on the center of the table because he's always been on the center of the table for every, you know, Easter lunch. So things like that. And it's, I like to make every holiday special, but I like to make it special for my family or for the close friends that are here, things that I know they love, food that I know they love. And for me, it's about tradition and love really. I love that you use traditions like for Christmas example, that is now your Christmas tradition, but it's not, you know, a typical tradition like the vegetable soup. It's not, you know, not everyone thinks, oh, I can't wait to have vegetable soup on Christmas. But your family, that's a very special thing. And it's so smart that your mom did all the things that she could make ahead of time. It is so wonderful to be able to actually enjoy the holiday with your family and not stressing in the kitchen. Yes, I agree. And so it sounds like, I don't know, as moms, like we we get a lot of effort to create, we hope, memories for our children. And it sounds like yours are old enough. Do you see that they actually do appreciate those traditions, the things year after year after year? Yes. So, funny you say that because I was having this that same conversation with my mama I think it was before Easter and I said you know she was asking me if I was getting everything out of the 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 Easter closet for the children and I said you know I'm not going to do everything this year you know they don't really care that much about it anymore and she's like I I bet they will and (laughs) so I got a few things out and then there's this one bunny I mentioned earlier that it's like it was actually a group of bunnies. It's a big bunny for Easter that sits in the center of the table and it has some little bunnies around it. And I didn't get that bunny out this year. I just put a you know pretty flower arrangement on the the center of the table. <laughs> and my little girl said, "Where's Mr. Bunny this year?" And it kind of it, it made me happy, but it also hurt my feelings that I should. I listen to my mom. I tell my children all the time, your mama's always right. And <laughs> they're right. I should listen to my mama because they noticed that I didn't have Mr. Bunny out. So that really made me sad that I didn't put Mr. Bunny out this year. But I really 
this past year, but I didn't think that they would notice, but they did. So it's little things like that. Mr. Bunny, my, my daughter loves, and she's always loved. And then there's some scarecrows around you know, Halloween and Thanksgiving that my son loves. So I didn't make that mistake at Thanksgiving. I got all those scarecrows out and put them out. And, and you know, they love it. Even if they don't you say it, I know that they walk through the house and they see it and they smile. And it's just, it's, I think it warms, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling knowing that, you know, Mr. Bunny's out or the scarecrows are out. And that's something that I, you know, remembered as being a toddler crawling around on the floor and running through the house, trying to, you know, break the bunny's nose or pull the, the hay out of the scarecrow. It's, it's, um, it's a tradition that I now know that they do enjoy and they do love and they, they remember. So that makes my heart kind of happy, even though they're, they're getting older now. Yes. And that's a really good point that I hadn't thought of is that we're creating memories, you know, each holiday as we do things. But really, half of those cozy feelings are the memories from the years past that we've had. And we bring it into that present holiday. That's a really neat idea. Yeah. Now, if someone really hasn't been creating a lot of traditions yet for their family, and they want to get started, what would you suggest? Well, you know, I, I'm no expert by any means, but what I would say is start out with something small. I did totally the opposite. You know, when I had children, I went to every store imaginable and bought every scarecrow the store had. So, you know, <laughs> every room of my house had a scarecrow or same thing with the bunnies or the Santa Claus or the snowman, you know, and that was foolish. You don't need to decorate every single room in your house. I would say find something that you like that makes your heart smile and start that tradition, whether it's just a centerpiece on your dining room table or something on your kitchen island that's special to you. And it doesn't have to be something new. For me, you know, a lot of stuff was new, but some of the stuff, you know, came from home where I grew up and I incorporate it, you know, in my centerpieces or on my mantle or in my, on my Christmas tree or the bunny tree or, you know, whatever I say, start something that's meaningful to you. And eventually it will be meaningful and special to your husband or to your children or, or your friends or your family, whoever you're entertaining for. But don't just ignore it. Do something small because eventually it will make you happy and it will be something special and happy for the people that share those holidays or even a, a meal around your table with you. You will end up being glad that you did it. Yes, I love that. That it will really, I think, can help people get started. You know, especially, you know, kind of starting with, like you said, like something maybe from your past that was meaningful to you maybe even bringing that from into your home now it's just a great starting point yes i agree like with our christmas tree my tree is is very kid friendly i don't have like a beautiful fancy elaborate christmas tree with a theme every year my christmas tree has all the ornaments that my children made through the year and a lot of them are paper like drawings and stuff that we put hooks on it 
or their little hands made out of an angel or a Santa Claus or a snowman. And those are the very first ornaments that I put on my tree every year because like I can even cry talking about it right oh. now. They each have such special memories and I can I can see them. And they think I'm silly for saying this and they, my son rolls his eyes, but I can see his sweet little face and his curly little hair handed me that ornament that he had just made at school or at church or at a friend's house. And he was so proud of it or she was so proud of it. And I would, you know, hang it on the tree. And I, that memory is like uh, etched into my, my soul, you know, oh. and I love things like that. Oh, that is precious. Now, I want to ask you also, what does hospitality really mean to you? Well, honestly, it means love to me. I love to have food at my house for people when they come. I think it's being, you know, authentic, it's being genuine, it's being honest. It's like a sincere action, so to speak. And it's tied with an emotion. And for me, that it would be a love, an act of love. Because, you know, it takes time out of your day to, to set a pretty table or to make a flower arrangement. And it also takes a lot of time to think about, you know, what you want to prepare for, for that, your company, that person or whomever you're having, what you want to make. And then going to buy the ingredients, taking the time out of your work day or your evening to prepare it. And for me, it's special. Like I, I know that when I have someone over, it's going to be something that I think they will love and, and something that I prepare that I, I hope they enjoy. So to me, you know, entertaining means love. And when I entertain, I like, you know, it's with my family or it's with my close friends and or it's to welcome you know, someone new to the area. Now, I love to cook and I love to bake. So when I have someone seated at my table, it's truly an opportunity to share good food and to enjoy each other's enjoy each other's presence. And you know, I think food means love too. And food and entertaining and hospitality go hand in hand. And when you're being hospitable, it means you're you're being gracious. And I love to I love to have someone over. I love to watch someone smile when they enjoy their meal. It just, it makes me happy and it brings me joy. And so I feel like that's what hospitality means. And I may be way off base, but in my mind, that's what it means. Oh, that's beautiful. No, I, I feel like it's, it means a little bit of different things to everyone. That's why I always ask my guests that. And you said it beautifully and you could hear the joy in your voice when you're describing it, which is beautiful. And then I love all the little things that you said that go into hospitality that you do, um, like you, you know, preparing in advance, planning the menu and all of those things and all the little details. Those Each of those things really make your guests feel welcome when they walk in because they see that you've done all of these things to love on them and share a meal with them. Right. Right. It's it's a special time. And it doesn't have to be fancy. I'm not a fancy cook. I like I love casseroles. I love soups because they're easy to prepare ahead of time. So when your company does get to your your home, 
you have time to enjoy them and, you know, serve the meal. So it could be fancy or it could not be fancy. It could be grilled cheese sandwich and soup, or it could be, you know, something very fancy. But just as long as you have taken the time to prepare it, I think it's it's just, it's a special thing. Well, I think you just touched on a couple of things there, but I do want to ask you how that you try to keep stress down or to a minimum when you're entertaining. Yeah, entertaining can be stressful because, you know, you some people worry about how their house looks on the outside, how their yard looks, how the inside of the house looks. Is it clean? Is it decorated just right? And I used to worry about all those things too, but now, you know, I, I don't care. My house, it, it is what it is. You know, I love my home, but it's a comfortable lived-in home, meaning I have furniture that has dings in it from children, you know, kicking it or dropping a toy on it. But I don't want to get rid of that piece of furniture because it's an old antique and it has a lot of memories in it. So, you know, some people can get stressed over that. And I probably, I know I used to, but I think as I've aged, I've chilled out a little bit and my house is clean. That's good enough for me. But truly being organized is how I stay stress-free when I do entertain, you know, I know the date of when my event will be. So I prepare ahead of time. You know, you start buying, you know, the ingredients you need, the drinks you need, the make sure your linens are, are ready. You know, the china you want to use, you have an idea of the flowers you want to use. So I, I plan all of that ahead of time. But the big thing to me it's not exactly how the table looks or what flower arrangement you have. It's what you're serving because I'm all about, you know, the food and of course the dessert. And so that's what I enjoy the most, but I always try to prepare my meals ahead of time because when I have someone over, I want to sit on the sofa with them and talk. I want to find out, you know, what's all about them. I want them to be at my house. So I, can visit with them. So the meal will be good, but it will be prepared ahead of time. And it might be in the oven baking or simmering on the stovetop when they come in so that when they are here, my attention's on them and not hurrying and scurrying around in the kitchen. That's perfect. That is wonderful. Plus, they're always going to walk into something smelling wonderful <laughs> when those things have been simmering right. on the stove. and <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yes. And really, that's what people care the most about when they're there is they're looking forward right. to, to the right. food. Exactly. Now, I know that things don't always go as planned. And most anyone that's ever entertained has their own little story of something that didn't go the way they wanted. Do you have one? Oh, my goodness. I probably have 20. But... um <laughs> The one that I think is probably the worst is I had some coworkers over and it was the first time they came to my house. And of course, I had this delicious casserole that I was going to serve to them and had it made ahead of time, had it in the oven baking. So when they came in, they would smell it and it would it would be warm and ready to serve. And I think I had a cold salad and bread and I had two or three different types of pies and everything was ready except the casserole. 
Well, I have double ovens in my kitchen. And I don't know why, but I always use the bottom oven, I guess because I'm short. And my (laughs) husband always uses the top oven. And so I asked him to preheat the oven and then put the casserole in the oven where he preheated the top oven. And when I heard the preheat buzzer say, you know, ready to put the casserole in, I put it in the bottom oven and didn't even pay attention that I couldn't smell the casserole cooking. So when everyone got here, uh, the casserole was still cold in the bottom oven. It was not ready. And it was so terrible. I was so embarrassed. But my guests were very gracious. And we had rolls and cold side salad and (laughs) ate lots of pie that night. (laughs) Turns out it was a fun night. The pie filled everybody up. The pie and the bread filled everybody up. And the casserole was a waste. (laughs) <laughs> By oh, the gosh. time it, it was done, people weren't didn't want the casserole because they'd already had two or three rolls and two pieces of pie. So it turned out okay, but I was mortified, absolutely mortified. I bet that those type of things, they are like so frustrating in the moment, but they're usually funny to look back on. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a doozy. And you certainly can't go wrong with people filling up on pie. I'm sure they were perfectly happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've got one more question before we get to the speed round for you. And what is the one piece of advice that you would give a new hostess that is just getting started? I would say have fun and host someone from your heart, not from what other people think you should do. If you host from your heart, You will enjoy it so much better. You will be so much more laid back and your company will enjoy their evening with you so much more than had you, you know, Googled all these different things that you should do and you spent all this extra money on different kinds of linens in China. I would say use the things that you have, cook things that you cook best and be prepared to enjoy your guest. And and if you if you think of it with love, then it won't be so difficult. I love that quote, host from your heart. It says a lot in just four words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, you know, it doesn't I didn't start out that way, I guess. I mean, you start out wanting to have everything perfect and, you know, you not everyone's gifted at at, at all things of entertaining so if you think of it from your heart it will be much easier yes and honestly even if you are gifted in all of those areas you can't really do it all (laughs) and not be stressed out (laughs) like if you take on exactly all the things it's not gonna be stress-free that is for sure Mm -hmm. i agree well That brings us to our speed round. I have been dying to know, actually, what is your favorite flavor of pie? Blueberry. Mm. Okay. Do you have a least favorite type of pie? Yes. Cherry pie. I hate cherry pie. Mm. Is there anyone on Instagram right now that's like new to you or that you're really enjoying? Yes. You want to know who it is? Yes. 
<laughs> if you're willing to share. Um, Amy Barton. She's um, someone that I love to follow and she makes me laugh every time I, I look at anything that she posts. What is her handle, Amy Barton? It's um, Amy Barton Cody, C-O-T-N-E-Y. Um, she has nothing to do with anything I do in my life as far as, you know, pies or, you mm-hmm. know, baking or cooking. She is just the cutest person. I love, I love to to follow her. She says things that sometimes I wish I had the nerve to say. She wears just the cutest, brightest clothes, and she is just hilarious. And I love to watch her. Oh, I can't wait to look her up. That'll be fun. And lastly, what I'm going to say, let's exclude your mother's cookbook. <laughs> but um, do you have an all-time favorite cookbook? Besides that one, because I would assume that would be your favorite. (laughs) One of my favorite thing gifts or things to buy are cookbooks. I have thousands of cookbooks and I love them. I love um, the Taste of Georgia cookbook. It's one of my favorite cookbooks. But then our church has a cookbook, the Central Baptist Church. And I use that cookbook a lot. And I love to go through it and read recipes from different members of our church. And when I make it, I think of them, you know, when I, when I make their recipe and it's just kind of neat, but I, I love cookbooks and I love, I love church cookbooks and I love junior league cookbooks. I love them all. I have, that's a hard question. It is a hard question. And, but you're right. Church cookbooks though are always so good. Even if you don't know these people from Adam, like they're always yeah. the very best recipes. I feel like. Because they're they, putting their name they on are. there. <laughs> so they want yeah, it to be good. Their name on there. <laughs> and they're old recipes, typically traditional type recipes, just things that, you know, nowadays we don't t- typically make. Um, so it's something you can learn from. Yes, I love them too. Well, Caroline, this has been super fun. I can't thank you enough for coming on here. And I know that our listeners just, Really, they could hear the joy in your voice. And I know that they've taken home some really good tips on how they can create new traditions in their family and create that joy for themselves. So thank you so much for coming on here today. Well, thank you for having me. That was really sweet of you to want to host me. And I appreciate it. Well, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.